We're going through Romans 12, and we started a series called Peace and Love. And so uh, Dr. Doug Gaiman kicked the series off last week, so it's week two. Uh, and um, in the, the, le- the, the back half of Romans chapter 12, Paul begins to describe God's love. And he gives four virtues, peace, love, honor, and harmony. And so we're going to take a week and look at each one of these virtues. Last week, um, Doug did an incredible job uh, talking about love and speaking truth in love, and I'm so thankful for the word that he preached. Today, we're going to look at the virtue of honor, honor. And and if I think of all the virtues, it may just be the one that is the least present in our culture now. Would you agree with that? Honor. Honor. When I grew up, I was raised, if someone was older than you, especially if they were a teacher or, a, you know, an adult, you yes ma'am them, you no ma'am them, right? It was yes sir, no sir, and I still do it. Like, I mean, it doesn't matter if I think you're like a few years old, 10 years older than me, 20 years older than me, I'm going to ma'am you, I'm going to sir you. I don't know if it's a, a southern thing, but it's, I think it's an honor thing. It was part of the, I think, southern culture, but it's, but it's also a way of saying, okay, I, I respect you. Um, I honor you, but honor is, is, is almost a forgotten virtue in our world today. And this one virtue, I promise you, if, 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 you, can, if you take this message and apply what I'm going to give you today, it will bring purpose and healing into all your relationships. I promise you. I'll make a, a money-back guarantee on that. If you begin to honor the people in your life the way that the Bible tells us to do, and it's not natural, so it takes work. It will bring purpose, and it will bring healing into all your relationships. And so what I, what I did with this, I'm going to just tell you what I did. I, I feel like I did a little bit of the hard work. I looked up the word honor every time it was used in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, about 147 times. And then I looked up each word that, that, it was, that was given for the English word honor. We have one. Um, there's 13, so there's like some Greek and Hebrew words for the word honor. But I, I tried to boil it down to one definition. So 147 times it was used. All the definitions had one thing in common. To honor someone means to prize them, to see their worth, or to, to treat them as valuable. To prize them, to see their worth, treat them as valuable. One of the definitions even added that when you honor a person, you add value to their life. And so the opposite of that, the, the word for dishonor that the Bible gives us is to just take people for granted, to, to treat them as common, ordinary, and in a lot of ways, you can go ahead and assume that when we dishonor people, we take value from them. And, and honor is, is like a two-way street. That when, when you give honor, you get honor. That when you give honor, it adds value to your life, but it also adds value to the other person. And so very quickly today, because I, I know there's some kind of parade going on, um, I, I want to answer two questions. Who does the Bible tell us to honor, and how do we do that? So who or what does the Bible tell us to honor, and how do we do that? And of the 150 different times that the word honor is used, most of the time, number one, it's used to honor others. The Bible tells us to honor others. Our theme verse 
is in Romans 12, and it tells us to do this. It, it, it tells us to be devoted to one another in love and to honor one another above ourselves. All through the New Testament, we see this. Philippians 2, do nothing out of selfish am- ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourselves. And so there was a common thread with that word that as Christians, I'm not saying that the world is going to do this, but as Christians, we should have a culture of honor and we should treat everyone with honor, Christian or non-Christian. If they believe the way that we believe, if they don't. If they vote the way that we vote, if they don't. <laughs> if they live where we live, if they don't. That, that we, we have a high degree of honor, that honor is a part of our DNA as Christians. We honor people. We honor people. And one of the things that has helped me do that, that I wanted to share with you, is there's two things that I try to remember every time that I'm talking with someone. Number one is that everyone is my superior in some way. Every person. If they're five years old, if they're 500 years old, if they're homeless, if they're a billionaire, everyone is my superior in some way because I can learn something from everyone. It's pretty prideful for me to think that I know everything about everything, right? I may know a lot about certain things, but I can promise you every person on this planet can teach you something even if it's how not to do it, right? <laughs> Come on, like, okay? Like, like, even if it's how not to start a church or not how not to run a business or how not to manage people, right? You can learn, everyone is my superior in some way. If I keep that mentality, I honor people, I learn from them, I don't come in like I know everything, but I humble myself. I wanna learn. The second thing that's helped me is to remember that every person is fighting a battle that I don't see. Every person. Nobody, most people, I'll say most people, they don't wear their heart on their sleeve. They don't tell you everything that's going on in their life. And, and when, you, when you keep that mentality about people that I can learn something from everyone, that everyone has a secret battle that I don't know about, I don't know everything about this person, it helps me to honor them. So we honor others. The second thing is to honor authority. Honor authority. And there's different categories for this that I'm not going to go into, but I'm just going to stay in Romans on this one. So the next chapter over, and again, the, 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 the book of Romans was not in chapters and verses. It was a letter. So this all flows from this honoring each other. Paul says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. Wow. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Wow. And so what does that mean? That means I'm supposed to honor the person that's in leadership over my city, my community, my country, whether I agree with them or not. Paul's not saying agree with everyone in leadership or an authority over you, but he's saying, honor them. And from the book of Genesis all the way to Revelation, God has constantly used people that he didn't agree with. God has used corrupt kings. God used Pharaoh, who didn't agree with him at all. And as Christians, it's a little discouraging to see Jesus loves you stickers 
next to Let's Go Brandon stickers. Seriously. Or to see you know, preachers get up and start cursing political candidates and cursing people in office. It's like, that's just not in the Bible. I'm not saying you're supposed to agree with them. Now, I want you to hear me before you get up and leave. Okay? <laughs> All right? I'm not saying I agree with everything that happens in political leadership. But as a Christian, I should honor the office. And not judge a person off of a clip or something I read. Or like, like it's just, it's just it, it, it goes a long way here. And, and this is what Paul says happens when we don't do that. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those people do so, who do that, will bring judgment on themselves. Okay. So I don't have to agree with everyone. But the Bible says I should honor them, regardless of how I view them. And, and, and the different categories of authority in the Bible that I, I didn't give you in your handout, but it starts with governmental authority. But these are teachers. This is family authority, bosses. I can't tell you how many bosses that I didn't agree with. But, but here you go, you know, you, you start getting mouthy with the boss, <laughs> you may not have a job for a while, you know, like, and, and so there, there's a difference. It's not saying that, that I agree with everyone that's over my life in authority, but there's a blessing that comes when I honor them. Because leadership and influence goes both ways. Because at some point, you're going to hit what I call the honor test in your life, if you haven't already where you're going to work for someone or you're going to be in a class with a teacher or you're going to have some, you know, authority over your life that you don't agree with or, and maybe are, are completely contrary to what you agree with. But the real blessing comes when I can honor that person even when I can't find much agreement. One of the things that I've tried to do is say, okay, let's just agree to disagree and find where we agree, right? Like, like let's agree to disagree on that. And let, let's move on. There's got to be some, some common ground here. And, and what I, I think the principle that Jesus illustrated in Mark chapter 6, there was one place on the planet where Jesus was constrained, the Son of God. It says everywhere he went, he healed the sick. Everywhere he went, those that had just disease and, and they needed a miracle, they came to Jesus and they were healed. But one place his hometown. He went to his hometown, and, he, and it says he healed a few people, but mostly he was constrained because, and he, he said there, that in, in a hometown, a prophet is not honored. And so, again, it stopped the blessing of God from the people of his hometown because they knew who he was. They're like, this is Jesus. He's a carpenter. I remember him running around. I remember when he got dedicated, right? Like uh, this, you know, and, and so you see how honor goes both ways, that, that God can use people in our life that we don't necessarily agree with. All right, number three, um, you know, so we honor authority. We honor our parents. We honor our parents. Or we honor those that God has, has um, placed in our life to help raise us when we're children. Ephesians 6 says this, honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment with the promise. Again, so it's not just for them, but it's also for me, that it may go well with you 
and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Come on, that's a good promise. And, and I think, you know, I'm going to speak just a little bit, not for everyone, but I think we've got a little bit of entitlement in our culture right now. Where, where kids feel like they deserve something from, like, everybody, or they're owed something. And, I, and I'm like, I've, I've always had the mentality that once, once my mom gave birth to me, she really don't owe me another thing. Like, it's all a net positive on, this, on, that, on the other side of that. Thank you for, deci- for you know, and, and I want to give honor to my mom right now because she was mom and dad for a long time in my life and worked two jobs, raising me and my crazy little brother, that's now in the Navy, and, uh, and just thank you, because it was hard. I know it was hard. I mean, I just, and all I remember, you know, is growing up, my, my mom worked her tail off to provide for me and my little brother, and I want to honor her for that, and, and she's just awesome, and I, and I want to honor my dad, too. <laughs> He contributed a little bit, I think, but no, I'm kidding, but, but, but I just, there's a blessing that comes when we honor our parents, even if we don't agree with them. The Bible says we should, we should honor them. There's a blessing, the people that do that. The fourth thing, marriage. The Bible talks a lot about this, that we honor our spouse, and I want to say of all the, the people that God has called us to honor, this is absolutely the most important. There's not a relationship that you have that's more important than your marriage. There, there's not a person on this planet that should be more important than your spouse. And I'm finding in life that you can do really good at the first three. You can honor everybody else. Everybody may think you're just, you're just this awesome person. <laughs> and you honor your kids. And then you can honor the people you work with, and you can honor the, those that are in authority over you and your pastor. But if you miss it at home, you've missed it. And, I, and, I, and I'm finding in my own life, it's easier to honor people that I don't know, right? I think when it comes to your spouse, it's a little more challenging because you know so much about them, right? You live with them. They see your, your faults. They see your good and your bad. They, you know... Proverbs says that, that a person, a relationship, specifically your spouse, is a mirror. And so you, 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 know, you get married and, uh, and, and you start to see the things in your life that maybe you uh, didn't see before you got married. Maybe I, I do struggle with that. Maybe I do throw my clothes on the, on the ground when I get home and I don't put them in the laundry bin. And maybe I do like to leave dishes out. Uh, you know, uh, may, may, you know like, like, okay, anyway, so I'm not going to get into detail but look, look at this in First Peter. I, I just caught it, this studying for this message. In the same way, husbands particularly must give honor to your wives. Treat your wives with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she's your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. Now catch this. So your prayers will not be hindered. Have you ever connect, connected honoring your spouse to God answering your prayers? That maybe a spiritual problem in your life is due to you not honoring the person that you live with? I was getting quiet, Jesus. I, I didn't. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. I never connected those dots, but I'm starting to connect those dots. And one of the things that I'm trying to do, I'm saying trying, 
okay? I'm not, I'm not, haven't perfected this, is to never criticize my spouse, criticize my wife, ever. You know, I've heard all these different sayings about, you know, you should give five compliments to every criticism, right? You've heard that. So, you, you know, but I think when it comes to your spouse, you should give five compliments and then add another one. So try it for a day. Try it for a week. Don't criticize your spouse. Don't criticize them at all. And just see what happens. Just, comp- just, just, just highlight the good. Highlight what's going right. Highlight what they're doing right. Just, just, just try to find, you know, not try, but, but you, you know what I'm saying here. Because it's really, it's really easy for me to find compliments for my wife. I'll just submit that. Um, very rarely, very rarely is, is there uh, something that I, I have to, you know, that's a crit, you know, critique. But um, honor your spouse. The Bible says the more that you do that, the more it's a blessing to you. I don't know if you heard the story is of uh, Super Bowl Sunday, 50-yard line. There was a man sitting there, $10,000 seats. The seat next to him was open. Second quarter, the seat's empty. The guy next to him asked, is this your seat? He's like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was for my wife. He's like, well, where, where's she at? He said, well, she passed away. He said, oh, man, well, you couldn't get anybody to come to the game with you? It's I mean, $10,000 seat. He said, well, I tried, but they're all at her funeral. So, <laughs> okay, so that's not honoring your wife, okay? I mean, uh, yeah, so, so, yeah. so this is what I want you to do, man, all right? Uh, when you leave here, go and open her door, open the door, pick her up off the ground, and put her in the passenger seat, all right? Honor your spouse. This is the most important. Number five, honor God. But we honor God by honoring the four that came before that. Because I've met some super spiritual people that are very mean. To everybody. And they say they honor God and they worship and they get all excited, but then they treat people very bad. And they talk about people and they gossip and they go home and they do the same thing. And God's not really, I think, impressed by what we do here for 30 minutes or an hour. God wants to know how you treat your waitress, your waiter. God wants, he's, he's, how do you treat the person that in your mind can do nothing for you? Hmm. That's where we walk this virtue out. Because, you know, and so very quickly, this is, the, I feel like the three things, so how do we honor these people in our life? How do we do it? Number one, we honor people with our words. Our words are so important. I give honor with my words. And I, I could give you a lot of verses on this. I'm just going to give you one. James 3. With the tongue, we praise God, the Father, and with the same tongue, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, sisters, this should not be. One of the things that we, we do as a church, as a, as a lead team, is we promise not to talk about anyone that's not in the room. So if you come to me after church and you say, Brother so-and-so I heard is did this, I'm going to say, well, where's Brother so-and-so? <laughs> is he here? Let's do this. Let's call Brother so-and-so. 
Well, no, I don't want to call him. I don't, you know, I don't mean I don't want to bother him. Well, well, how about this? Tell me what brother so-and-so did, because I'm going to write it down so I can be specific when I tell them what you're telling me he did. That's how we honor people. We don't talk negatively about them when they're not around. That's, and that's across the board. I, I can't tell you how many churches I've seen just completely obliterated by that right there. Triangulation. I'm not going to talk to the person themselves. I'm going to talk about them to everybody else in the church before I go to them. Right? And, and that's so unbiblical. The Bible says go to the person. If, if they won't correct it, right? You know, stuff happens. We disagree. People make mistakes. I do it all the time. So, come, you know, so, so let me know. And a lot of folks do let me know. But then a lot of folks don't let me know. They let the elders know and the trustees and everybody else that's here. And I'm like, hang on. What? It's toxic. And so if you can't say anything nice, right, Mom? Don't say anything at all. If you're not willing to confront that person about it, just don't talk about it. Clearly, you don't care enough about them to correct it. Mm. I'm preaching. We honor people with our words. We should honor our bosses. We should honor those that are in leadership over us. We should honor our president. And we should honor those that are in leadership over our country, over our city and community. Why? Because they're flying on the plane that we're all on. Right? <laughs> like like, like we're, we're kind of all in this together kind of thing. And so so we, we honor with our words. Second things, uh, we honor with our actions. We honor with our actions. Philippians 2, do, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourselves. This, this should be the culture of every church. That when people come here, they feel honored, they feel valued, they feel loved, regardless of where they came from or what they've done or what they look like. We honor, we honor people. We honor people. Then the last thing, which I, I really believe is, is the most important, is we honor people with our attitude. We honor people with our attitude. And so I got a, an illustration I want to show you. No, I'm just kidding. So is there anybody ever heard of Bay? <laughs> anybody ever heard of Babe Ruth? A few of y'all. Babe Ruth's probably the most famous baseball player that's ever lived, one of the most famous. And Babe Ruth signed a lot of baseballs. He didn't sign many bats. He signed seven, actually, total in his whole career. Seven home run bats. This right here is not one of them. <laughs> if it was, it'd be in a glass case. Uh, but this is the style bat. It's not, he, he, he swung a 36-inch bat. This is 33. He was one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived. And of these seven bats that he signed, home run bats, one was missing. The one that he hit is a home, the first home run in the Yankee Stadium with, was missing for decades. And there was this older gentleman who in high school played baseball and he played close to the Yankee Stadium and he won the bat in high school, put it under his bed and nobody knew he had it until a nurse named Marcia was taking care of him. And he was about to die and this nurse came in to take care of him at the end of his life over several months, and he wanted to give her something. 
And so when he went to die, he willed the seventh Babe Ruth signed bat to the nurse that was taking care of him. She had no clue what it was. She took it home and she put it under her bed for a decade. A decade. In 2006, she retired from nursing. This is an incredible story. ESPN covered this story in detail. 2006, she retires from nursing and she wants to open a restaurant. She doesn't have enough money. So she thought, maybe that bat is worth something. So she gets the bat out. She takes it to the memorabilia store, local store, and they lose their minds. They, they tell her, you don't have any idea what you have here. Um, you, this needs to go to auction immediately. And they verified its authenticity. It was the seventh bat. They set up an auction, and it sold for like $1.3 million. Marcia opened a restaurant. She donated the rest to charity because she said she didn't need all that money. But this is what I want you to see. This bat right here is worth about 33 bucks. That's shipped to your front door, Amazon Prime. And she made it. She quoted when she was donating the rest of her money to charity that the only reason that bat was worth money was because Babe Bruce's signature was on it. And the first mention of honor in the Bible, if I go all the way back, when we look at Genesis, when God created man, he says, I've created man in my image. And what he's saying there is that every person that's alive right now that aren't cloned or whatever, I'm just kidding. I think it's a thing now. Have God's signature on their soul. This bat is worth nothing without that. So why, why do I honor people? Why, why is my attitude towards people that you're a great value? Because God signed his name on every single person that's alive on this planet. Every child's a miracle. Every person's a miracle. C.S. Lewis said it like this, you'll never meet a mere mortal. The most valuable thing on the planet is people. God cares about people. We should care about people to the point where we don't disrespect them. We don't talk bad about them. We don't try. No, we want to honor. We want to honor. We want to honor. We want to honor. We honor people because God's signature is on every person. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you that every person is an image bearer. Even if you're here this morning and you feel like you're a mistake, you feel like you've made so many mistakes that you're, that you're just, that nothing good can come out of your life. I want to remind you that you have God's signature on your soul this morning. You're valuable because you're made in his image. You're made unique. Your fingerprint, your eye print, your vocal pattern. There's just one of you on the whole planet, and there's only going to be one of you. And you're valuable because God has placed his name on your hearts. And so, Lord, help us when we go to work tomorrow, when we leave here and go to that restaurant. Help us to see your handwriting on every person the person that cuts us off in traffic, the waiter that maybe is overwhelmed and didn't get our food out in time or got our order incorrect. Help us, Lord, to treat people the way that you would treat them. 
Help us, God, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to see the image of God on every person and to honor them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen.